Hello, dear Starshines. Welcome to today's Lunchtime Chats. So glad to have you here. For those of you who are new, my name is Christina and I'm an acceleration expert. And we are here to talk about those topics and issues that are significant for us star seeds, way showers, and new paradigm visionaries. We have capacities and abilities that are not necessarily embraced by our larger human family. Therefore, we have very unique perspectives to the kinds of challenges that we're facing in this world, this time of transition, chaos, and change. So I'm here to do to the best of my ability to provide a liberated perspective and to be very real with you guys and hopefully inspire you guys uh, to step into your power, step into your grace, step into your beauty, your abilities, because all of you have, because we're star seeds, because we're interdimensional, multidimensional humans, all of us have a massive impact on our collective. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, dear brother, a young trick named Jim. Good to see you. Okay, so um, there's some questions here. And before I go into the questions, I just want to go into what I want to talk about today. Okay. Uh, there's a few things that came to mind, but there was a particular posting by a dear sister Starshine, Starshine named Una. And uh, she is a Celtic medicine woman. She's trained with and has been in the company of many, many ancient um, wisdom keepers, elders, really potent medicine men and women around the world. And, um, and she's a really profound practitioner herself. And she posted a, um, something about how aging is a program. We actually don't need to age. Technically, our DNA actually doesn't age at all. And that um, in, in this post, she, she was sharing the information from this other person that aging is indeed a construct. It's a program. We don't actually have to participate. It's optional. So I want to dive into that. And then I also want to talk about the ways in which we actively, without even realizing it, collude in accelerating our, our aging, accelerating our oxidizing okay, within our physical bodies. And then I also want to go through some um, longevity tips for you guys, how to keep yourself vital, how to keep your life force energy um, in such a way where you, you are in a state of constant renewal. Now, women are the embodiment of renewal, okay, that, that principle of the sacred feminine. So women have a more, um, I'll say more natural inclination uh, for this type of um, for this type of resonance but it's not to say that men can't have this they absolutely can absolutely if they choose it and a lot of that has to do with how are you re in relationship to the sacred feminine so this is a um, some some pieces that I want to talk about now I'd love to hear from you guys how you're experiencing this as well um, and I'm going to go ahead and, and get on to Young Trick's uh, questions he's got going on. It looks like he's asking for musical recommendations. Well, thank you. Actually, you're, you're on point of um, 
some of the things I was thinking about. It's interesting. I made a bullet list of things to make sure that, you know, keep me on track because it's easy to go off on tangents. And I sat down to do this. And my list just completely disappeared. So I must need to just go with the flow on this one. <laughs> but um, so, so he's asking about um, music. Any suggestions for music that has conscious, a consciousness slant? Um, Nanco and Medicine for the People, Trevor Hall, the East Forest the, are really the only ones my partner and I listen to for the past few years. Oh, yeah. So, and this is important because music is a very powerful force within the human experience. And as we know, our music has been hijacked. It's, you know, it's, it's um, broadcasted on, on a frequency that keeps us trapped in the mental in the mental frame up versus live acoustic music is very moving, can be even a spiritual experience. And then we have all of this pop culture music that, you know, just promotes violence, violence against self, against others, against women. I mean, there, there's some very interesting ways in which they insert program into really excellent music you know, um, I can think of a few, like uh, even rap. I mean, there's some really excellent beats, but then the, the lyrics that go along with them are horrific. So it's like they, they mix the beauty that's, that really touches one's spirit, and then they insert these programs. So, um, Trick, yeah, there are several that I know. And, of course, right now it's not coming to me. One is called um, Mei Lai. That was one I was recently introduced to. Her voice is absolutely angelic. She um, actually, dear Bev, if you're here, Beverly, if you're here, that um, you shared a link a while back for one of her videos. If you can share that again here, that would be great. I got it turned on to her through Beverly. And then there is um, Yama Guama. You know what I'll do? In the comments of this video in YouTube, I'll, let, I'll, I'll put a post of some of my favorite spiritual music. Some of my favorite musics, period. Some of it's medicine music, like medicine men singing and chanting like this, like, you know, for medicine, uh, um, going into altered states. And some is just beautiful, uplifting music that really, you know, that's recorded at, you know, 432, that's, you know, really heartfelt. Oh, um, Estas Tone. I, ha I, cannot I cannot recommend him highly enough. Estas Tone is, Tone is a um, Spanish guitar player that just plays in flow so his concerts there aren't they aren't songs they're just like one long flow for an hour <laughs> and he takes the energy of the moment and plays and one of my favorite videos of him he did a flow with the singer with this woman just doing this angelic voicing that was oh my gosh um just mind altering but there was a sufi spinner and a bubble artist simultaneously there with them in the in the energy in the performance so to speak and this spinner i mean oh my gosh you could i could just see the the just the the magic spiraling into this man and the bliss and the just just the frequencies coming from him was so humbling so beautiful I think I cried the first several times I watched <laughs> the recordings. I was so, so moved by, um, by that performance. I think it was done in Spain, 
But um, so those are just some recommendations I can shoot off the top of my head. But in the comments of this video, after this recording, I'll, I'll put some links down of some of my favorites. And I encourage you guys listening to this video, uh, listening to this, you know, put down your favorites in there. I mean, so we can, you know, really, um, you know, expand our musical repertoire. <laughs> um, because, you know, sometimes things get old. I have a lot of classics. I love blues. I love, I love all kinds of music, really. Van Morrison into the mystic is kind of like a theme song for me um, throughout my life. So there's, there's long terms and, you know, shorter ones. There's a DJ named Christos. That's pretty phenomenal. Anyway. Okay. The flow is open. I have some recommendations. All right. Then, uh, all right. So that's all they've listened to the past few years. It says, I see it says to let you know what we'd like to talk about. Figured music, frequency, energy, is as important as anything don't need to really discuss just curious what people are listening to today yes 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 awesome yep and by the way um young trick and his beloved are coming to us from the mountains of colorado some of my favorite places which actually i'm in now <laughs> um you know if we didn't you know, this is a, a a beautiful lush uh spring summer so far for colorado there's so much rain that has coming and the greenery is just really really take something beautiful and just makes it even more beautiful. Um, yes, aging is a choice. So he's, all right, so he's gonna share a little tidbit from his shamanic teacher. Um, is currently reversing his metabolic age. His teacher was a woman who was 150 years old, but in the body of a 33 year old. Haha, -ha, thank you for validating this because I know people like this too. I know humans like this too, and it's a real thing. Um, Okay. Hey, Carol. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Um, Beverly, let me know if you're here. I'm going to have a short little, a little task for you, um, if that's okay to ask. All right. Yeah, so let's get into this draining life force energy. Endless, endless, endless lives, you know. Uh, this, is, this is a real thing, and this is not just a mythos. I have met these people myself. I have worked with, I've had the, the honor of and it always happens spontaneously to come across different immortal masters in my path, you know. And there's different stages of immortality. This is something else we need to know. There's very different stages of immortality. The first stage of immortality is your soul actually waking up, your, your essence inside, waking up to the point of knowing how to go directly home, as in transcending the need for the bardos, transcending the incarnational cycles of this realm, and so forth. That is a level of immortality because what happens is that after you expire, ooh, <laughs> having, yeah, thank you, <laughs> having, um, you know, expiring out of the current life flow that you're in, you go back without, um, you go back without those going through those filters and you can go directly home back to source. And when you come back, if you come back, it's number one, a choice, but number two, you come back with your memories intact. Okay, and this is something that is continued even to this day, and uh, and it's known. It's known by multiple. People. This isn't something that only the you know the super, only the super uh, psychic or whatever are aware of. This is a valid practice that has been going on for tens of thousands of years. The Mayans had this practice. The um, the Tibetans still the Tibetans still have this practice to this day. The bone other mystical sects on this planet still have this practice now the way the mayans practiced it was a lot different than how 
maybe they practice it today because um, they had they actually had a ceremony, a warrior ceremony, where one would have their heart pierced by the priest, priestess, and then knowing that they're going to die, and then they would go and find the reincarnation of your, your reincarnation. So they, you, you know, you reach this, you get all these skills, you get all these learnings. I mean, you become a masterful warrior. Then when it's time to cross the threshold into the next level, then your heart gets pierced. You have a mindful transcendence through the realms, and then you come back by choice to the right formula, to the right DNA sequence, and the the sect, your brothers and sisters, come find you and help you. You know now you now because you have all your memories intact and all these pieces, then you go on to the next level of the of the priesthood of the clergyhood, if you if if you call that you can call it that. Okay, the the Tibetans practice it very different differently. The Rinpoches and the Lamas, you know, they will have a beloved, um, I don't want to say consort, but they will have a beloved partner that is kind of like their keeper in this world. And then after they, after they samadhi or, you know, they know when they're going to cross, um, pass, pass over, they, they do that mindfully. They transcend the, again, the realms, they come back by choice. And then that sacred beloved that was their keeper goes out on the quest, is tasked with their quest to go find them and then they start reinforming them they find them as a baby as a toddler and then they start helping them remember now they can do this is a process that has survived the darkest most forgetful times of humanity okay but the fact that it has survived is really really saying something about where we're at you know and it actually it's truly a thing the chinese actually uh started putting restrictions on the tibetans where it was a um it was a against the law to go find the reincarnation of your of your master of your rinpoche of your lama it's by penalty of death okay torture and death so they would so if that beloved that beloved that was searching for the reincarnation if they got caught or told on right then you know, they could be, they went through a lot of pain and trauma. So that's one level of immortality, but there's other levels. There are levels of immortality where you can be in the same bio suit for a very long time, hundreds of years, okay? 150 years, that's really getting up there. That's great. Um, and for a person being engaged in this matrix of living, that's really impressive, okay? Because there, there's hooks and drags in every aspect of our of this matrix you know and of course it's getting better it's a lot lighter than it used to be but it's still pretty pretty intense and very layered so <clears throat> you guys remember to say hi if you're here um our dear brother uh chief haru who i was exposed to in person not that long ago in march actually told gave uh, stories about, you know, there were his, all right, first I have to stop and talk about Chief Haru's mission. Chief Haru's mission is to bring all of the plant medicines of the Amazon to the larger world, to the Western world, in efforts to save his home, in efforts to save the jungle. Because as you guys know, Brazil, 
who where most of the Amazon is, they have made a pledge to demolish the Amazon and, and set and make settlements throughout the whole thing, you know, extract and, you know, ex exploit the minerals and stuff like this. So he is having a major effort to reach out to Westerners to not just, um, you know, turn them on to the um, kinds of plant medicines that Amazon has to offer, but for them to actually have healing experiences with these medicines so then they can then, um, you know, uh, be more proactive in their support for, for saving the, for waking people up and saving the Amazon. Now, as star seeds and way showers, we, we may, uh, you know, the Amazon is absolutely essential part of the survival of humanity here, or I should say survival of this ecosystem, but the sickness doesn't start there for me. So as starseeds, as way showers that are multidimensional, we have a much larger landscape that the destruction of the Amazon is a symptom of. Okay, so we, um, we are, you know, going into those roles that we feel that's in our truth, right? So it may be directly interacting with them or it might not be, it really depends. But he told a beautiful story that he, there were several tribes that he knew of that were, have, have not yet had contact with outside humanity and they don't want contact with outside humanity, okay? Because they understand the sickness, that, that the rest of humanity is sick. And he said that those tribes, the humans in those tribes live to be more over 200 years old 235 years old, 285 years old, okay? So there are living, breathing humans that are expressing the truth of this, of this um, reality that aging is a program. I mean, they are living proof that we do not need to age the way we're told we have to age, okay? <laughs> so this is something that we really can really uh, pay off to reclaim because every time we expire out of this body and our minds are, are you know we get we go through the life review we go through the bardus blah 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 and then we come back we start off with amnesia and that amnesia means that we are easily influenced and told lies and we are pretty much taught how to exist in this matrix in such a way where we contribute into the draining of our life force energy, the draining of our vitality. Okay. This is this. Okay. So, and, and this is the big piece. Many of us, because of our belief systems, our conditionings, our traumas, our pains, our avoidances, our whatever, we contribute. We willfully participate. I'm trying to get out of the, the sun in a certain way. There we go. This is a little bit better. We participate in the draining of our life force. We participate in this matrix that, that sucks us dry, right? We do that. We really do this, okay? So why? How? How does this happen? What are we doing that, that's doing this, all right? I want to talk about that. Oh, there are levels. I'm sorry. Before I go into that, there are other levels of immortality, but um, these are the, the ones that I've mentioned are the ones that I've actually know exist because I've experienced these, these beings myself, okay? Almine is the one who taught me about immortality and levitation and the secret of, of not aging, right? Here, I'm, I'm moving my, my, my little thing here so I can shift. Um, you guys, she, you know, woo. <laughs> Oopsies, there we go. So she is a very interesting character 
Um, and I remember when I was first exposed to her, I thought she was totally crazy. I didn't understand anything she was saying, but for some reason I kept getting drawn back, drawn back, drawn back to her. And um, over time I realized that um, she is a Toltec master, even though she was born in South, South Africa, she um, hooked up with the um, this deep mystical and indigenous teachings and knowledge. This is before they were really opening their doors to, to outsiders and um, remembered, remembered all the, the pieces and reached her awakening to immortality through the practice of Toltec mastery. So I met her in person, worked with her in person. She's absolutely the real deal. And uh, on videos though, she kind of looks and she seems, she seems kind of crazy. <laughs> but um, it's because she's so far outside the matrix. She's so far outside of the reality of what humans accept as reality so far outside she really challenges her energy completely challenges you to letting go of who you think you are because you are not who you think you are who we think we are is a very far departure from who we really are okay and honestly we can't know who we are until we fully express ourselves in our truth okay and how many people are 100 percent honest all the time right? We're taught, we're taught that that's not okay. So there's a lot of training, like I said before, that we go through because we're born with amnesia that actually trains us on how to give our life force energy away to the matrix and feel completely justified doing so, okay? And this is what we need to wake up out of, okay? Um, so, oh, and there, there's another master that I was exposed to, um, Amrit Yogi Desai, he uh, is the founder of Amrit Yoga, I think is what it's called. He was um, a very, and he's got a very, very interesting journey. Definitely has had major dressing downs, humiliations and sufferings in his life. But, you know, he uh, was able to reach states of consciousness where he was levitating. And he would do this in front of hundreds of people, okay? So levitation, and aging have a very close connection. They're very, they're very close in their connection, okay? And from, from what I learned from Almine is that the more, the more, number one, the more love you allow to be expressed through you, the lighter you become, okay? Your energy gets lighter, your body becomes lighter, stuff like this, but then also, um, freedom the freedom of life force flow within you when you can completely surrender to the river flow within you to you know um, there's a point there's a threshold there where you would be weightless you are able to then levitate okay and if you're able to sustain a state of consciousness where love is free flowed where you are unhindered you are in total surrender to your inner flow, the truth, the beauty, the love, then uh, quite literally life carries you as if you were on a boat, on a river, and it takes you to one miracle after another, and it becomes a way of life. Synchronicities become a way of life, and your body does not age. What creates aging on an energetic spiritual level? 
resistance. Resistance causes aging. What causes aging on a physiological level, how a lot of um, health practitioners have defined it, um, oxidiz oxidization, okay? So there are all these different thoughts and ways in which to maintain, um, um, preserve and maintain your uh, vitality. And it's not all about diet. It's not all about diet. It can be a component that could be part of your experience, but doesn't have to be. And I say this because I actually met a walk-in that was an ET. And this walk-in, uh, it, it's actually quite an extraordinary guy. Uh, you know, very weightless, non-resistant in any way, just free-flowed, whatever, I mean, no filter whatsoever, <laughs> just free-flowed, whatever he was thinking, he was saying, and it didn't matter who was around and or how crazy he sounded, he was just like in, in it. And he quite literally lived off of cigarettes and Diet Coke. <laughs> now, I'm not saying go out and, and abuse your body with toxins, but I'm just saying the level of consciousness that that walk-in had inform the body in such a way where it was impervious to toxic materials. And this is a teaching that is also reinforced by the, um, the, the practitioners, practitioners of Bigu, of, of um, pranic living, also known as breatharians, okay? They also have a practice of transmuting everything uh, to, that goes into your body because toxins take many forms even if you're not eating or drinking anymore okay though it's not limited to eating and drinking um, you, so a lot of people think that breatharians don't eat or drink a lot of them are in this uh, are in a transition you know it takes many years to transition to transcend the need to take in physical sustenance or to drink um, and a lot of a lot of them still drink just because there's a level of boredom that happens inside of themselves and that level of boredom translates as a, as a resistance to their upliftment, right? So therefore they drink. So there's stuff like that. Um, but they, when I was doing darkroom with this community, you know, there was a lot of focus on reprogramming your cells to transmute, transform, all substance, substances that come into your body that's either you know eating drinking breathing because there's toxins in the air actually we were in uh we were just outside of chiang mai at a time when um laos was burning burning their fields and burning the jungle for to make way for farmland and the the air quality was so bad. I mean, people complain about the air quality here in Colorado when we have forest fires. That's nothing compared to what this was. This was so bad. You couldn't see across the street at times. It was, um, and it stayed day after day after day. It wasn't something that was just around for a couple of weeks. It was, you know, it was an entire season. It would be that, that contaminated, that smoky. And then, of course, you have all the city, the city, um, pollution pollution as well so so you know the air quality was one of those issues so they worked at trans uh programming their cells to transmute transform even what they were breathing in and that doesn't stop with just what you take in through your nose and your mouth there's also emotional energy that we get exposed to that we digest there's mental energy there's spiritual energy there's there's all these nesting dolls of who we are and all of it 
we're connected to because we're an ocean. We're an ocean of energy. I know we want to want to imagine us being very separate, but we're not. We are absolutely interconnected in every way. And when we surrender into that, we start to address things in very different ways. It's not about blocking or shielding. It's about maintaining the integrity within yourself. And as you maintain the integrity of within yourself, what is your truth? Right. What is real for you? What is love? You know, like the real you, the infinite aspects of you, the more true you stay to that, the stronger your energy becomes and the less pervious you are to the toxins, the environment, the EMFs, the, you know, all these things. Now, this is a journey to get here. It takes a while. It takes a lot of coming to Jesus, so to speak, within oneself. Because let me get to how we collude with, the, with our life force energy getting drained, all right? Now, I talked a lot about, I talked a lot about letting go of who you think you are, right? This is part of the waking journey, really, truly, in a very deep way, being able to let go of who you think you are, because who you think you are is not real. Who you think you are is a result of your ancestral programming, your cultural programming, your conditioning, your pains, your traumas, okay? It's who you, who you think you are is, who you think you are is, is a result of all the evidence you have to validate why you think certain things. Our experiences, our evidence, validating beliefs, conclusions, all these things, that are not the truth and that's because the matrix set up that way they you know like you have to you have to have a job to make money right that's a program um now that program varies depending on what kind of social class you're in but it's still a program right um i know people that you know they weren't born wealthy actually many of those immortals okay so there were five immortals that have come on my path altogether, and uh Elmine, for example, she just does what she wants, is wakes, wakes up humans, does workshops. She gets invited to go all over the world to do these things. And, that's, and she writes and she loves, she's written like 38 books, something like this. You know, some of the most shamanic imagery um, art that we've ever seen actually come, or comes from the artist that has donated their art to be the covers of, um, on all these books she has. So, uh, you know, this is a life of grace that we're looking at when we look at look at what she's doing and there's there's more there's other people uh there okay so one <clears throat> all right so one of them was a Taoist master also met in thailand and they played music played played music and people would just invite them places and they played music that was what they wanted to do that's what they you know that was what what um gave him his joy, his, his opportunity to express his love and who he really is and all this stuff, you know? And, uh, and, that's, and that's how he did. He didn't own a car, didn't have money, you know, didn't even have a bag man to hold his money. He just clothes on his back and the instruments in his bag, you know, that was all this, this guy had, you know, um, on a material level, but on a spiritual level, he was a master, an immortal master. So we can do these things. We just have to get out of these programs. Another, um, oh gosh, I have so many examples. 
of how we give things away. All right, over a couple summers ago, I was um, in Ohio talking with an old friend and we were noticing all these different couples that were coming into the restaurant that we're at. I think it was the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a restaurant bar kind of thing. And, uh, and, you, and what we noticed is that the people who were like coupled for a long period of time, one, one end of the couple was absolutely vibrant and gorgeous, whether it be the man or the woman, you know, really put together and, and looked happy, you know. And their spouse was noticeably aged a lot older okay like gray hair wrinkled maybe overweight maybe you know what i mean just didn't look happy but at the same time you know i mean we're looking at the energetics of this but at the same time they're together and that's because you know their dynamic is one person is uplifted and living quite literally being uplifted and living off of the energy of the other and the other the one who's giving their energy away and this is a um a a overall pattern that I'm talking about. I'm sure they all have their very personal stories of the whys and all this stuff. I'm just talking about the over the overall energetic pattern of this. Um, but the person that's lovingly, fully, you know, giving their life force energy away thinks that that's what love is. That if I love this person, I will give them everything I got to give. You know, and actually, I was in that program for a very long time. And and really, what that is, that's extortive love. You know, and one always has to pay the price. And this happens over and over again. So just notice and you're, when you're out, you know, summer's here, we're outside a lot. Just notice these couples. I mean, granted, there are those couples where you have a really older, you know, someone who's much older than their spouse. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when they, you know, on a long-term level, been together and, uh, and there's a disparage in, in the health and vibrancy between them. You know, there's that kind of thing. And then there's, you know, so our distortions that we have around love, really, we participate so fully in that, that, you know, we quite literally let ourselves be fed upon, or we feed off of others. Um, there are givers and there's takers. It'd be really great if it was equal, but, you know, there's givers and there's takers. And the givers love giving. You know, they love love. They, 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 they just have it to give, and why not, right? But when, when a giver is coupled with a taker, then it very quickly gets out of balance, and it turns into something that isn't uplifting for the both of them. It's uplifting for one of them, okay? One is enslaved to the other. The other thing that happens is when we are so invested in who we think we are, we believe our stories. We believe our stories on why we're justified and being angry, why we're justified in being a victim, why we're justified for to not show up for, for somebody. Like, oh, I, you're not going to love that person. That person doesn't deserve my love because dot, dot, dot. Okay? What, what, because we're so invested in who we think we are, we really truly believe that's a true statement. But that is a, that is a death statement is what that is. Okay? That is a statement that I am not going to let my love flow because you don't deserve it. Like, let that land, right? And I actually, I've had a renewal of this lesson very recently. And the fact is, love, my love is my love. I'm allowed to love whomever, however I want to love. And if there's really love in my heart for something, somebody, 
regardless if they deserve it or not, I'm going to love them. I'm going to hold them in love because that frees me. I'm the one who's free, right? I'm the one who chooses how to do my love. I'm the one that chooses that. That is my highest value is inner freedom. And that includes my love, being free to love who and how I want to love, right? So, you know, it doesn't matter about what the other person does. Not that I want dysfunction in my world. I don't. I don't, I don't surround myself with takers. I surround myself with people who are on the same vibe as I am because we quite literally uplift each other in ways that are absolutely miraculous, right? So I have very clear level of how to hold the integrity of my inner space, right? And I don't invite, I don't invite drama into my life. It doesn't mean I don't love people who maybe are dramas, you know, who are do that. Because um, your heart loves who you love. And when we surrender into our love without it coming in, turning into a sticky thing, like now that I love, then now this and now that. No, 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 no. It's just love. It's the kind of love that liberates. It liberates the person who has the love and it liberates the person that is loved. Okay. If and when they're ready for that kind of thing. So how we love. How freely and wildly we love is directly connected into our vitality, the kind of vitality we have. Now, we need, like I said, have very solid level of integrity inside of ourselves in order to love wildly, you know, so we don't um, unwittingly get involved in a, um, in a draining, abusive situation, right? So we have to have a strong sense of integrity within ourselves, our truth. That's what it is. It's our truth accepting our truth, whatever that might be. Now, your truth is not the story that your ego driver tells you. Your, your truth is not the story of who you think you are. Your truth is who you really are, your infinite flow inside. What hinders your infinite flow inside of you? That is where you find truth, okay? That is what you need to accept. Whatever that piece is that's in the way of you being in the river flow, okay? Now, um, so there's that kind of thing. That, and then there's this whole uh, piece around winning and losing. Oh, this is the other one. Oh, my gosh. Winning and losing. Who, who walks relationships or walks through life with the idea that there's winners and there's losers? Right? There's winners and there's losers. And I'm definitely not going to be one of the losers. <laughs> now, I'm saying this because this program is really up right now for a, folk, for a few folks. Um, and here's the, the big secret on that. This is to help liberate you from that drama. If, if you're in that kind of drama of who you think you are, many people are enslaved to it. So um, that's why I'm saying this. And that is, if you're, because of that collective interconnectedness, we are all deeply impacted by each other, whether we want to admit that or not. Once we accept the interconnectedness, the interwovenness of our reality, winners come at the cost of losers. Okay? So even the winner loses. It's called that, it's, I've heard it called the zero-sum game. So in a relationship, in a, there's a winner and there's a loser. Well, the loser loses too. 
they don't find that out after the fact, right? And if we look at things as winning and losing, we, our ego driver, the who we think we are, our happiness, our peace, our identity is really dependent upon if we win, if we feel like we've won or lost, okay? So that's very strong. That's a very strong program. And it carries, that's that whole competition program. It's the predator program. Um, another example is competition, right? This is a, this is a illness that has been in the light worker world for decades. We've been trying to bust out of that for a long time. Here at Light Body, we totally busted out of that. We don't have that, um, and it's because all of us are so deeply committed to showing up as authentically as possible, in truth as possible. We want the truth, even if it's scathing, because we know that it will liberate us from something we're really buying into. You know, so so um, <clears throat> I'm absolutely astounded at the miracle that that we've achieved in our community at Lightbody because there's there's no such thing and here's the piece about that you know competition just brings people's inauthenticity out you know people are are having to you know be a certain way in order to get a certain thing versus just showing up in your truth just showing up who you are in your vulnerability in showing up in your in your flaws and your beauty, right? Uh, and, and being loved and accepted no matter what, you know, there's a freedom that happens in there. And that freedom, right, liberates you. It liberates life force energy. You have that much more life force at your, at your um, ready for your body for when you need it, for your life. And the more you walk this, the more you, the easier it is and the more authentic you become. Okay, and our authenticity is what changes this world. The truth of who we are, being that, expressing that, is what changes this world. Okay, this is the this is why we're wayshowers. This is why we're we're um, visionaries. Okay, because our very beingness in our authentic nature, liberated from the who we think we are program, energetically has a massive massive impact on this world, on the collective all those who are connected to us, which is everything. Okay, getting to the other, the other piece here. Uh, so the ways we buy into the Who We Think We Are program, you know, and you know you're in it when you know you're in it because like say someone offends you and you're often real, they don't know who I am, and I'm this and I'm that. So that's all the Who You Think We Are program. If you can just really be um, vulnerable and accepting of what was said, you can see more clearly that they their statement might have been in words directed at you but really it's about them what they just said it's about them what they're expressing you know and you can let everybody off the hook in, in that case again freedom so <clears throat> another um thing i want to say about this is hold on a second i just got i just got pushed hold on a second i just totally got pushed out of my groove what happened with that? The who you think you are. So what kinds of things liberate us? What kinds of things allow us to walk the path, so to speak? I already mentioned love, freeing your love, being free to love whomever and however you want to love in the way that you want to love. I already mentioned that. Okay. Um, 
how you view this world. If you believe this is a slave planet and everything's really heavy and I don't want to be here anymore, I'm never going to return here. You know, if you're in that heaviness, right, you're, you're still enslaved to the who you think you are program. But if you are gearing your efforts to liberating your love, being honest with yourself, accepting the truth that is inside of yourself. Okay, big one right there. Committed to expressing yourself as authentically as you know how in any given moment. That's, that's number three. And number four is your creativity. Creating, using your creativity to bring beauty into this reality. There's a, there's a gentleman, um, oh, I can't remember his first name, something Jordan. Jeez, it's terrible, I don't remember his name. Okay, well, uh, something, oh, Jordan Pearson, that's it. Jordan Pearson, Canadian guy, psychologist, very controversial. He's definitely, um, he's definitely awoke to something very important. You know, I think this is why he gets so much, so much flack is because he dispels all these bullshit programs that are conflicting and can, can cause confusion within us, okay? And this is the other thing. Confusion is a part of those mechanisms that cause us to lapse into the matrix programming, you know? It, it keeps us from really being able to be at peace and settle inside of ourselves. So confusion is something that is important to cut through. Clarity is an energy. Clarity comes with accepting the truth, being honest with yourself, okay? accepting what is versus how you want things to be, you know, all that clarity will come. And, you know, people who create chaos and stuff with drama and all that, it's very, very, um, it's very hard on people like us to be around that. So um, definitely uh, engineer your life to be away from chaos like that. So that confusion doesn't drain your life force energy because it will. Okay. Getting to, um, Oh, yeah, I'll come back to you, Young Trick. I know you're putting a lot of good comments in there. Um, the, right, so the creativity. So what we use our creativity for is absolutely essential. People think art is irrelevant, but it's not. Art is a support system. It's a sustenance for humanity. And let me tell you why. It's because everything is great in one's life until it's suddenly not, okay? And what I'm talking about is extreme heartbreak, devastation, say your parent dies, your child dies, your spouse dies, you know, some kind of accident happens, maybe you, you have a ma major accident, maybe this, you know what I mean? Everything about your life stops and nothing's the same ever again. This is a, the universe giving you who you think you are a hard check, a real hard check. And this is where Art and beauty, I'm going to say poetry, song, music. This is where these kinds of creativities come in and give us sustenance. It gives us sustenance, okay? The most, the deepest pain I have ever felt, which, you know, there's a lot there. I mean, my, my life has definitely not been a cakewalk. Not that I don't feel like I'm blessed because I feel like I'm blessed beyond measure, but it's because I'm still standing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm still standing 
and I'm still here to love. I'm still here to bring beauty. I'm still here to be and create what I want. My, my use my creative energies towards uplifting myself and others, inspiring humanity, liberating people, helping people change the way they think. You know, these things are important to me. And I'm still standing here to do that, despite all of the pain and trauma that's been in my life, right? So the sustenance is huge. So I've, um, death in the beginning has always been a massive transformer in my world. Being with people when they die is some of the most miraculous moments of my life. Not that um, having grieved the, die, the dying, you know, the, the going up to the dying process for those that actually had a process for it. And, but the actual moment of being there is miraculous. It's amazing. And this is where I feel like the heart of poets live in so many ways. This is why they're able to touch the feelings, the, the truth within one's soul with words, you know, because they're in that, there's something in them that has that magical vortex. Anyway, poetry and music fed me in my times of grief and heartbreak. Reading people's experiences, you know, what they, so there's, I'm, I love poem. I love poetry and that's something they had to grow into, but um, there's all sorts of expressions that come through poetry. It actually turns a linear language, you know, the limiting mind that speaks language and it turns it into a soul language, a multidimensional experience. So in this way, poetry is magic. It's absolutely magic. And it can touch on something that regular words cannot touch on. You know, linear thought, mind, communications can't touch on. And when someone can touch you with their poetry, with their art, with their music so deeply, it instantly gives one the realization that you are not alone. You are not alone in this pain. Others have had it too. You see what I mean? And it's also the same on the flip side. Being wild, crazy in love. I know that feeling too, you know? <laughs> and again, art, music, poetry, again, can meet us in that. And in the meeting us in that, we can realize how not alone we are in this beauty and this miracle and this amazingness. And that others have walked this path too, you know. It really helps settle us into the truth about things inside. There are truths that I have inside of myself I didn't even know were there until I heard a musical lyric or I heard a, a verse in a poem or I saw a piece of art. It's like it touches someplace and then, because I never had words for the truth that, I, that was there. But as soon as I heard it, it got touched. I was like, oh, it was like a dawning moment. Okay. So us putting our efforts into our creativity is a game changer, guys. Game changer. We create beauty. Pain and sorrow has beauty in it too. So it's not all about love, light, and joy. It's about expressing authentic truth. That's what real beauty is. An authentic truth being expressed. So maybe it's art. Maybe it's um, pottery. Maybe it's weaving. Maybe it's stories. Maybe it's, you know, 
a beautiful riff, a flute song. You know, it's, it, there's no there's no limits to what it could be. We can make it up out of the clear out of the clear blue sky within us. We could just make it up, and in that, do our part in helping change the world. Now, there's other ways to change the world, of course, and many of us are driven to do that. Like, you know, get a get a um, a holistic business going, or you know, make it, get a coaching program together to really inspire our youth into stepping into their their truth. And this is what I love about Jordan Peterson is because he has targeted he has targeted young men to help uplift and inspire with his teachings. And he's brilliant. He's an intellectual that has reached very deep spiritual truths, which I find impressive. And something that I've heard him say over and over again, and I love that he said this, because this is, this is the, the crooks of the matter to our, inter, our freedom, okay? Is that life really is an adventure. I mean, this heaviness that many of us experience, this idea of being trapped and locked into a life we don't want, being trapped in a relationship we don't want, getting trapped in a lifestyle or a job or, you know, whatever the role is, and it's heavy. And, you know, that's, it's quite literally heavy because we, our life force energy is getting sucked out of us and we don't have the energy to carry on, okay? We don't have the energy for our bodies to really be in an uplifted state. And then we start being needy. And then there's a whole program narrative about being needy when really you're just trying to, to, to nourish yourself. So what he said is there's who, there's who we are, there's who, there's who we think we are, there's who other, others perceive us to be, and then there's who we really are, right? This is an old Chinese proverb. And he goes on to say that you quite literally can't know who you are. You discover who you are in every moment that you choose to express your authentic truth. Every moment you choose to express your authentic truth, as scary as it might be in that moment, that is how you discover who you are in that moment. And, okay, this is, this is what he says. And I love this because this totally reinforces these truths that I know inside of myself. I don't know myself until I'm expressing it. And in the expression of it, it's very different than how I'm thinking about it in my head. And, and usually it's even better. Like my expression of it is even more richer and robust than what I was thinking in my head. Right? <laughs> and then it lands on the collective, the people that I'm with or the nature that I'm with. And then there's a response to that authentic truth that I just expressed. And this is where we discover who we are moment to moment to moment. This is freedom guys, because who you were an hour ago, it does not need to be who you are right now. And you don't know it until you've actually expressed it and something gets a feedback loop back comes back to you. Okay, this is actually the secret to working with the telluric realm, quite honestly. That's a whole nother chat. We need to get clear on the kind of nourishments we need so we can truly show up in our lives authentically and in our truth. It takes a lot of energy to speak your truth as you know it inside. Okay, it takes a lot of energy because the matrix is set up to trivialize, to trivialize the truth, to diminish the truth, to make the truth wrong, okay? Hence PC culture, saying what you think. Oh my God, no, you don't do that. 
well, we do, you and I do, <laughs> we say what we think. But in a cultural level, that's like, there's a culture out there that you don't say what you really think. No, 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 that's the wrong thing to do. We know better. So think about the ways that you need nourished, okay? What kind of spiritual nourishment do you need and are you meeting those needs? What kind of physical nourishment do you need and are you, are you meeting those needs, okay? What kind of emotional nourishment do you need and are you meeting those? What kind of intellectual nourishment? What kind of social nourishment, emotional, yeah, okay? These pieces, when we are nourished, it's that much easier for us to expend our creative energy to be an expression of the truth of who we really are. We are inspired. We are in our spirit. Okay. If we're deficient in different ways, then we need to compensate for that. Okay. And this is where a lot of the, you know, the, the attentions to, uh, you know, where healing diets come in, right? There's something, there's some level of something causing disease in our body so we compensate with foolishing, fully nourishing our body in, in extreme holistic kind of ways. I'm not saying that healing diets are right or wrong. I do a healing diet. I'm, I'm in a healing process. There's, there's things that I need to wake up to, right? And the fact is I can't wake up to them if I'm really not, you know, willing and committed. And every time I make sure that I have the physical nourishment I need that's reinforcing to my universe that I'm committed. I'm committed. I am committed to figuring out what I need to have, what breakthrough I need to have in order for the healing that my body needs to happen, you know? So this is all food for thought, guys. Let me go ahead and, and get through these comments because uh, Trick, you had a bunch of stuff to say, darling. Okay, so our shamanic teacher was from Nepal. She lived in Canada for a long time, but she learned her practice in Nepal. Yes, yeah, so Nepal, the Nepalese, yes, yes, yes. Those mountains have a lot of even indigenous mystery schools still alive to this day. One of them that I know about is the bone, okay? Anyway, um, this is interesting that that comes from the Himalayas. I have a, such a deep resonance with the East and with the South. It's so interesting how these things come forward. Because I used to be very, um, yeah, I was very slanted in the opposite direction. And as I grew and woke up to things inside of myself that I never even imagined possible or even imagined that was my truth, then it's like I would break through a program and realize, oh my gosh, I told myself I was this my whole life. But obviously that's a total lie because now I'm awake to something else. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fascinating. These programs that were given, we're told the opposite of what the truth is. And that's how the setup goes. That's how the setup of life force energy drains go. Um, holding on to anger, resentment, the more justified you are to blame and be angry with somebody or angry with humanity in the collective. That is an energy drain guys. That is sucking life force energy out of you. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Let me get back to that's so interesting. Our teacher just uploaded a video about human levitation this past Sunday. He recently started a YouTube channel to help spread the healing master Himalaya Pahati. All right, so I believe this is the YouTube channel he's talking about where his teacher's talking about levitation. So you guys can check that out. Check out this um, master Himala Mahadi. 
thank you, Young Trick, for that. I think that people understanding the secrets of limit limitation is is very. Uh, it could really break, give them a lot of breakthroughs. So thank you for posting that. Fear and complacency also cause aging. The fact that we age is ingrained in us and we make it happen that's so true oh my gosh and one of my favorite video clips and this is actually a youtube what do they call it in youtube are they called real shorts they're called youtube shorts all right i'm going a little bit over on my time guys but i, I will because i want to complete this thought and go through these um and that is uh, it was prince now as you guys know prince was um a jehovah witness or maybe you guys don't know that I'm, I'm a huge prince fan ever since purple rain came out i was young it's like something about him really resonated with me and he was and he was somebody who really stood up for his truth he he stood up to the music industry he like really um held his art as sacred and did everything he you know the best of his ability to keep that as a sacred sharing between him and humanity of huge props to prince but one of the things the the shorts was talking about he was being interviewed on i don't know tavis smiley or something i can't remember exactly who was doing the interview and he was saying and this kind of ties into the jehovah witness thing about not having any birthdays or holidays and stuff like this you know, truth is everywhere. It doesn't matter where it comes from. You know, it's all gets all gets woven in for distortion. But but he said um, he doesn't celebrate. He he doesn't celebrate birthdays. He's or he's like he's had one birthday, and that was the day he was born. You know, and then he equated birthdays in um, as being an aging program. That birthdays counting the you know counting your birthdays is reinforcing the aging program and you're telling your subconscious you're telling your body that okay you should be getting older now you should be old now you should be this now you should be that now okay he went through the whole thing i mean this is in the 90s guys talk about being way ahead of his time and of course chris is uh, uh prince is so slick he could tell that, you know, what he was saying was really heavy, was really kind of like, whoa, blowing the minds of, of the people that are viewing. So then, of course, he slips into and he's like, and that is why I always look so fabulous. <laughs> and this is Prince delivering truth with compassion. He wasn't hammering it over people's head. He was just he was asked a question. And he, and he said the answer in an authentic way. You see what I mean? This is he. So he was really an embodiment of some of these principles that I'm talking about with you guys. And then uh, a dear brother Starshine shared something with me that I that I really really appreciated hearing, and that is the how the Rastafarians do it instead of birthday, where um, you know you're counting your cycles, and when you blow out the candle, it's like you're blowing out your light, right? <laughs> like you're you know you're blowing out your light with a wish that you'll get something back. Talk about major disempowerment pattern there um but he told me about the rastafarians celebrate something called instead of birthday it's called your heart your earth earth strum and that is the tone that you wrote in on you wrote to this earth on the tone that brought you to this plane he maybe not said it like that but that's what i was getting from the story that i was being told so instead of birthday celebrate celebrate celebrating your earth strum celebrate the frequency that brought you to this reality now isn't that beautiful i really like that i really like that a lot 
And it's so funny, you know, I don't remember maid. I've had people ask me, I've actually gotten in trouble in uh, like at Port Authorities and stuff because I'm asked how old I am. And I'm just like, um, you know, I have to do the math because I don't actually hold it in my head. Um, and, you know, I feel like this is just my natural inclination to not be in that program. And, uh, and you know, so naturally, us as star seeds, star shines, if we just follow our inclinations, they, they, even if we don't know these teachings in our head, we still end up in resonance with these deeper teachings because it's a truth inside it. It's a truth that's a living, breathing truth inside of us. You see, we just need to be willing to be completely honest and authentic with ourselves, like really wanting to know what our truth is. Okay. All right. Thank you, dear brother Trick, um, for that. All right. So. All right, what are your thoughts on sun gazing? I've dabbled, and I think breatharians and sun gazing may go hand in hand. Just curious if you correlate, correlate them at all. Yes, a lot of breatharians that I've talked to, I, I mean, I've, I've, so at these darkroom retreats, I mean, there's like 40 people from all over the world doing these darkroom retreats together, and some of them are, I would say probably maybe about a third of them are on the active path of transitioning into being a breatharian and a lot of other ones just have a resonance with it and want to learn how to, you know, just want to are really drawn to the work. Okay. I can't say that I'm breatharian, but I do practice a lot of those principles and, you know, long-term fasting is something that I've done very naturally and easily. You know, so so I, I have a resonance. I feel like I have the encodements for it. Anyway, I'm digressing. Let me get back to it. So a lot of those ones that are on the path of their breatharian journey got on that path via sun gazing. Okay. And it's not just looking at the sun. You know, there's it's a practice. It's like a meditative practice. You prepare yourself. You make sure that you have a energetic connection with the earth. Okay. And you do it gradually, okay? If you do too much too fast, you're overloading your body. There's, you, you, your body needs more time and compassion. So again, really listening to your body, listening to what the truth is going on inside of you is a major part of that. I have to say that about sun gazing because there are people that will just dive in and, you know, sun gaze for, a, a, you know, for many minutes at a time right away. And that's not necessarily... I mean, if your body's saying to do this and, you know, you have a different system, that's fine. But for most people, it's something you have to ease yourself into, okay? So 45 seconds at a time. Um, and then you just build 45 seconds every day. And it's, uh, actually, there's some teachings that it's 15 seconds. So, so whatever really feels right for you. I love sun gazing. I practiced sun gazing regularly for, for several years when I lived in Colorado, actually, because I was actually in a sunny place before I lived in um, Ohio, which was very cloudy most of the time. You know, Ohio has 300 days of cloudy days. Colorado has 300 days of sunny days, you know. Um, and the problem I ran into, though, here was that I lived right next to a, um, I'm right on the front range, of, and there's 14ers here, Long's Peak, Long's Peak and Meeker Peak, and the sun you know, set 14,000 feet sooner than it would if we were on a flat landscape. So that made um, sun gazing and at sunset a bit difficult. But sun gazing at sunrise was very easy because I, I was on, on the front range. So sunrise was the chosen time. But what you have to be careful about with sun gazing 
is that it instantly manifests things that you're thinking about, okay? So if you do not have a disciplined mind or if you really have problems with monkey mind when energy gets really, when there's a lot of energy stirred up in your body, I, I caution you about sun gazing because whatever, I'm serious, whatever you're thinking about, like, like say you're triggered and you're thinking about a fight that you had the night before or you're thinking about something that really bothers you. Humanity did something crappy. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, if you think about that while you're sun gazing, that could be, that could be a little dangerous. Okay. Um, but the upside is, is that it quite literally anything you're thinking about manifests. Okay. I had a, um, a time where I was feeling like I really needed to get away and I didn't really have the money at the time. And there was so, there were, I was, uh, you know, I was a struggling entrepreneur at that time. And I say struggling because I would, because I didn't understand really how to run a business yet. But anyway, um, I was in this space of feeling trapped and frustrated and I just kind of wanted to get away and I didn't really have the, the money at the time. And I come home because I was watching, you know, doing sunrise in the morning, I come home and my husband was, uh, making coffee getting ready to go for work and he puts his credit card down on the counter and he's like, here, take this. You need to go get away. <laughs> so it was like five minutes. I had the thought and boom, it happens. Right. So, so that's, that's what I have to say about sun gazing and, and people do naturally stop wanting to eat when they're sun gazing regularly. That's a natural inclination. Um, Oh, the other caveat I have to give to sun gazing is that there are many beings within, through, and around our sun, not just the sun that we know that is our sun, okay? So you are going to super amp up your capacity to interact with these other beings. So be prepared for that because it'll happen, especially now with the veils as thin as they are. You're going to end up having a lot of what someone might call interdimensional or ET contact if you make a regular practice. And um, of sun gazing. So there's that. <laughs> Thanks, Trick. That's a really great piece to bring forward. All right. So he goes on to say, my teacher's 150-year-old teacher never seemed to have money, but she rarely had to pay for anything. Her housing, food, and needs were all covered, probably because of her 100-plus years of networking. <laughs> yes, but also what she is, the seeds that she's planting in the world energetically they come back the seeds that you plant come back to you so you know so if you plant seeds of beauty of liberation of inspiration of upliftment energetically that comes back to you that's the ecosystem if you plant seeds of blame of shame of anger of whatever even if you feel justified in it it doesn't matter you're planting that seed in the energetic that's going to come back to you you know um i had this it was really sad uh, and uh, I kind of hesitate to say that out loud. Should I? Okay, no, I'm going to say it out loud so you guys can understand. Those of us who are choosing our truth of who we really are, this is something you got to understand. Because there are belief systems out there that we get targeted for our truth, for our light, for our stuff. And we do get targeted for certain reasons, right? And it's all perfect. It's all part of the unfoldment. It's all part of what we need to face and to decode so we can liberate the pattern. Okay. This is true. But I actually had an understanding conveyed to me by some of my elemental tribe. So I have an inter interdimensional entourage, a spiritual team, so to speak, that I work a lot with. And there's many elemental beings, including Sasquatch in that team. And they I'm so, so, so protected 
as long as I'm not being reckless, ridiculous, you know, as long as I'm in my truth and I'm sincere, the level of protection around me is profound. And they shared an insight with me um, not that long ago. So I had a dear, dear brother Starshine who I just was over the moon for, like that they even existed. I was just like, wow, I can't believe this. And I took them to come, to meet my, you know, my Sasquatch tribe. And, um, and I was warned, I was given a warning about this person. And at the same time, they made contact with us. You know, they were, they were making sounds and they were presenting as other animals, like walking right up to us and leaving footprints. And it was this beautiful and joy-filled interaction. But they gave me a warning about this person. And I didn't want to believe it. I was, I was scared, you know. And then, of course, you know, a couple of days later, they do exactly what <laughs> I was told they were going to do. And I was just like so beside myself. I had no idea that that person was capable of anything like that. It really broke my heart. And I really went into a deep downward spiral of being able to trust myself. But the reason why I'm telling you the story is because I'm so, so looked out for and protected. That event happened, you know, because I was so strongly protected. You know, I didn't know that this person had connection with malevolent forces. I didn't, you know, I, I was, I was in my beauty. I was seeing beauty. I was seeing amazingness. I, you know, I was in this and, and, you know, and it was because, you know, they were compromised in the way they were, they quite literally got ejected out of my life, like pretty much got their ass handed to them. But that's not how I, that's not how my human eye saw it. And I'm sure that's not how they saw it either. You know what I mean? And there was a lot in there. And the more that the, 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 the maliciousness attacks or the blame, anger, the more that I would get attacked, let's say, the safer and more solid I became. And this is the payoff to being really solid in your truth and the axis of who you are is that it's not that you're going to come across everybody in rainbows and light. That's not true. We have a lot of work to do in this reality. We have a lot to decode in this reality. We have a lot of pain and suffering to bring love and liberation to in this reality. So I'm not saying that everything's going to be woohoo. There'll be times like that for sure. But there are these other times where it's imperative that we show up all the way show up okay and I was faced with a lot of internal damaging beliefs that I had inside I didn't realize that I was putting myself or I was resonating with a situation where um, I was to be taken advantage of you know I was I was a you know the, all this stuff I didn't even realize I was resonating with that but then after this whole incident happened, there was a lot of pain, struggles, all that. But I woke up to the bigger wisdom here. And that is this program deep inside of me that I've inherited that kept me in a certain kind of um, relationship to this. And I really equate this to if I didn't have the emptiness, the space, the protection, the, that solid space around me, I would have never been able to get to that level of truth. But it was because I was committed to getting deep into what the real truth was. I was so 
strongly and still am so strongly looked out for by my spiritual entourage. Okay. So there's a lot of gifts here. It's hard. It's difficult. It's scathing, heartbreaking. It's all these things, but there's also these, this amazing miracle, these amazing great acts of grace and beauty. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Let me go back to, I love when the Jehovah witness come to my house. I frequently have 30 minute conversations with them. Wow. 30 minutes. Now. <laughs> um, you know, I remember we did have a conversation. We invited them in one time. This is when I was a teenager and we were ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we, I think we kind of smoked them out. They stayed for several hours, but all of us were chain smokers. <laughs> we drank like five pots of coffee and it was like, eventually they were like, they were, they were drained and they had to leave. It's funny now. At the time, I was like, what are we doing? Anyway, oh, hello, dear, dear sister Tony. Welcome, welcome. She says, I am glad I am not the only one. I never know my age and I never feel my age. Yeah, me either. Me either. I mean, I kind of feel, I complain right now because I'm in, I'm in a lot of pain. But um, I do have my moments where I complain for sure. But uh, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of like a, t a temporary bitch. I, I just complain for a little bit and then I'm done <laughs> and then I just keep carrying on because I'm never going, I'm, I'm committed. I'm never going to stop decoding what I need to decode. So eventually I know, I know eventually the healing was going to happen. I just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing what I know and I'll get there. Anyway, um, young trick says I've, I've been told 10 seconds at a time and then, Oh, he's talking about the, 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 um, sun gazing. I've been told 10 seconds at a time, then go up from there. I stopped at about 30 seconds a few years ago. I may get back into it though. I felt very, it felt very good, especially in bare feet on the earth. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, sun gazing is an excellent practice. And like I said, some people do rock that so like so forwardly that they completely transcend the need to take in sustenance. But um, if that's a personal journey. There's a mental, emotional, spiritual component to it. And if you're not doing the other components to it, you can very easily accidentally do harm to yourself. Okay. Enough of that tangent. All right. Yes, exactly. She planted so much in the energetic. Yes, it was returned. Yes, thank you for that. Thank you for that, guys. All right. Well, I hope this conversation was uh, uplifting and helpful, and you guys got to maybe ask yourself some different questions. How might you be um, draining your life force energy? How might you be participating in these things? And also, the, it's true, there are people who are not trapped in these matrices the way we are. There are models, there are other humans that have reliberated themselves, okay? It's possible. If that's on our path, it's a, if it's in our truth to do that, it's available to us to do that. I know for me, um, a major piece is that I want to have fun too. So if my commitment and discipline is draining the fun out of things for me, then I, then that's me out of my truth in, in some way, you know? It's not like I'm a, a, a fun hound, but I definitely um, know that some part of me, my nature, really needs to be nourished with fun and laughter and, and stuff like this. So, so you decide. You decide your nourishment needs. All those different layers in which you need nourished. You, you decide that and then walk that truth without excuses, be committed to it. And you're going to quite literally reverse the aging process. 
there are other things that that also reverse the aging process especially when it comes to sacred sex and stuff like that but that's a topic very deep very deep rabbit hole um maybe we can talk about that some other time i'm i'm uh saying this for all of us who are solo practitioners and uh and are you know walking our life in an everyday way we're extraordinary humans walking and living an extraordinary yet ordinary human life yeah thank you guys so much for being here Mwah. well lots of love to you all we'll see you next time bye, -bye.